It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve in the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. So if you've made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send them my way. Now, what do you get when you have a vampire movie? With only mentioning vampires in the subtitles of a piece of dialogue? Why you get the film Ultraviolet. Why, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. Please excuse me, I have a little bit of a head cold uh, trying to get through this shit, but we're still here, we're still doing an episode, and I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of excited to talk about Ultraviolet, I don't know about you guys. This is kind of a weird experience because, um, you know, like I had said on the previous podcast, uh, my wife, she never suggests movies for me to watch, and she really wanted me to watch this or the werewolf movie. And, of course, the Hiccups podcast, they went and picked the werewolf movie, so, uh, here we are fucking watching Ultraviolet. Um, and this was kind of during the Jehovah-Vitch renaissance, or the Jehovah-sance, or wherever you want to call it. Uh, it was really around that time that Mila Jovovich was doing quite a bit of film, starring, of course, in Resident Evil, and then also Resident Evil Apocalypse had come out just a couple years before this, which, while not a great film, uh, was still a very popular film, and they felt that maybe she could sell more action movies. I don't fucking know, but <laughs> here we are uh, with her in another title role, where she basically is fucking playing Alice most of the time. Uh, it's it's a very odd film. Uh, kind of like you heard in the intro, and this is really not giving much away, but you don't really hear about vampires uh, until a scene on the roof where they're talking in subtitles. Well, they're talking, I believe, either in Cantonese, Mandarin, or it could be uh, another language. Uh, it might even be Taiwanese. I'm not quite sure, and I know that's probably bad of me not to know. Um, but uh, they're talking in another language, and you get the subtitles, and they say vampire. But none of the other characters say vampire. They say hemophage. Because it's a disease that's coming on, uh, or that came and was generated, and uh, what? It's just one of those weird things that goes on with this film, constantly. It There are so many things that are wrong with this film, 
honestly, it makes it right in some ways. And you'll hear exactly what I mean. But the problem is, at least with this medium, uh, and while I can talk about a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff has to be seen. Uh, some of the ridiculous stuff has to be seen. I mean, it's like watching Nick Cage's acting in motion. It's so, like, over the top and, like interesting like the choices that were made the realize this movie was made in 2006 2006 and some of this looks like shit like what the hell is going on so without further ado and before i lose more of my voice to the rest of this movie let's talk about ultraviolet so it begins right up and I was surprised that they did this type of thing. It begins with like a uh, graphic comic title sequence. And there actually is no graphic novel that this is based on. This looks like a regular, you know, original IP uh, for a movie franchise that maybe they were trying to get into more mediums. And eventually it actually did. Um, it became a uh, surprisingly an anime series uh, called Ultraviolet Code Forty Four, uh, and was released on the television network Animax. Uh, it also had a novelization of the film that was written by Ivan Navarro, uh, with more backstory. And they also say it differs from the film in a number of ways, including a more ambiguous ending and removal of some of the more improbable plot points. What improbable plot points? What do you mean? This film is a masterpiece of plot that makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Um, so it it it's weird to have this scene where they all jump down and... Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm saying this whole title card sequence of beautifully illustrated pictures to... I guess give you some backstory of what she's been doing because she's on these pictures with her ultraviolet hair um, and like mowing down people and you're seeing different things. And I don't know if it's maybe giving clues to the film or if it's giving like, like I said, backstory or it's just trying to immerse you more into the world of the film. Um, maybe it's a little bit of, two and three i don't know if it's necessarily scenes from the film that you're going to see later on um there are a couple of things but it's mostly to look at the costumes that are going to be used for some of the characters oh god um <laughs> that you're going to see later on in the film so past this we get a little intro and she talks for a second i didn't I originally wanted to pull the clip and play the clip, but there wasn't enough to really go by. I'm five seconds for saying, oh, I was born to a world, blah, 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 blah. Okay, shut up, Mila, um, or Violet, or whoever you are in this film. Uh, and then it focuses on some planes, and they're going to go to a building, which happens to be a blood bank. And they were like flying by and they open up the back and then all of a sudden these balls these giant black like bowling balls like fall out of the plane and what and you see this in the trailer it's that one scene where like the ball comes through the wall and, and then it transforms into the guy and like what the hell man like are they it looks like they're raiding capsule corp 
right? Maybe they're going to go in and they're going to find the capsules that they need uh, so that they can get the seven Dragon Balls, get the dragon out there, wish for uh, everything to go the vampire's way, and then ruin society, right? Like, it looks... each set looks so sterile and you look at the outside of everything and there's like this motion blur or like they put like seven layers of Vaseline on the goddamn lens so that they can make everybody look even skinnier than they actually are because there's no fat people in this movie so why do you need the fucking Vaseline? Uh, It's just like everything has that blur to it. Like you... And it's obvious that these are all green screen fucking sets too. Because they make these cityscapes and the cityscapes look so goddamn generic. Uh, I mean, you have its future time, right? But at the same time, it's like they're so... Every building... There's there's one big scene towards the end of the movie. I know I'm jumping myself way up. Um, where... It, and I, if I don't say this now, I'll forget it. But it's like they build the, the big final boss place... Uh, and it's exactly what it feels like, like a giant cross, right? And they see that, and then they're supposed to be buildings all along the bottom of the side, but they're fucking boxes. All they are are boxes. It's just like, we spent the money to make this fucking thing look like a cross, and it looks really shitty still, but we put a bunch of fucking boxes everywhere. We don't even try to sit, like simulate that these are buildings. They don't have like random windows everywhere. It was... Oh my god, we we spent all our time fucking rendering this thing. It just wouldn't fucking go. And oh my god, we forgot the fuck it, fuck it. They'll they'll just accept it as it is. They know what this movie is. We're just going to keep it. And it's the way the like, all the landscapes look in this movie. And it's so obvious that they're on a green screen that it kills me. And you then you but you go inside and and they when they bust through even the set that's there doesn't I mean, it's not a green screen set for this. I mean, some parts are, but not completely. It's, you know, a room. And and they start killing fools. And then it's like, wait a second. They're they're really killing people. Like, they're slicing them up with swords and shooting them and going in the attack. And where's the blood? Oh, fuck me. It's PG fucking 13, isn't it? I know why they do this fucking bullshit. It's to get the people in the fucking seats. I get it. And then, okay, they can say a bad word uh, once or twice. And then they can show blood, like, maybe two times during the film. But, honestly, this is a lot of fucking violence and chaos. Why can't we have a rated R vampire movie? Oh, no, get the kids into the seats. Because they're the only ones stupid enough to watch this fucking bullshit. Except for a guy that does a fucking podcast where people tell him, Hey, you need to watch this fucking bullshit. And he does. Ugh. So, they raid Capsule Corp. And then it cuts into uh, them going into a giant area. And there are like these giant tanks. And they look like they have like a red substance. And I assume at this point that it's, you know, blood. And these have to be either the vampires. Because they're talking about how vampires are kind of oppressed in this society. Uh, and, you know, they end up getting ambushed. And, of course, uh, again, they don't call them fucking vampires. All clear, sir. Touch nothing. Obviously. 
Hemophages. No surprise. Flat space technology. Dimension compressing. Very rare. It's odd. What was their exit strategy? How'd they expect to transport the blood out of here? Unless there was no exit strategy. Then what's the point? Well, what if they didn't come to take the blood out? What if they came to infect it? My god. Ross. Okay, so what's weird here is you don't really know a whole lot about what the vampire thing is. The hemophage thing. Um, And you see these two guys talking because they've obviously won. The the cool thing, I have to admit, is the sword thing, right? It's like an interdimensional sword and they can just pull it out of their body and they have a giant fucking sword. That's kind of cool. It's a cool idea. The execution, uh, that one's not bad. The other weapons uh, are dumb. (laughs) I mean, the idea, again, is good, but they're dumb. Like, the way that they manifest and all that other stuff. And it's really only one other weapon. It's only one other person that really does this. Um, And you can guess who the fuck that is. Uh, But it's like... He gets shot in the head. The guy that was talking gets shot in the head because he gets a bit of blood on him from the vampires. And you're like, okay, what the fuck does that mean? Luckily, right after this, we have the ability of hearing Mila, or I guess I should call her uh, Ultraviolet, Violet. Uh, Let's just go with V. Kind of reminds me of the old series anyway. So V here, she tells us a little bit of the backstory of what's going on in the future. Yes, I was born into a world you may find hard to understand. The trouble began when an American weapons lab discovered an obscure virus that had been around for centuries. They tried to modify it to create faster and stronger soldiers. But instead, they created a more contagious form of the disease a strain called HGV, hemoglophagic virus. And that's when the disease got out. Everything changed. As previous ages were defined by terrorism, this one was defined by fear of disease. The medical establishment took it upon itself to protect its public. At first, requiring victims to wear identifying armbands, then rounding them up in special camps and facilities. Until finally, People just stopped hearing from them. The trouble began for me the day I learned I was pregnant. The same day I lost my husband, my future, my life. I contracted the disease and lost my baby. With those few on the outside, I formed a resistance. Went underground and began fighting back. All right, so there you go. Uh, military finds out about virus, turns out to be an ancient vampire virus, not fucking hemophage, though it's a hemophage in the film, I get it, but it's fucking vampire, and these vampires never fucking, like, get blood, all they do is multiply, and the reason that they don't really, like, suck on people's blood or anything like that, though they have the fangs and all that other bullshit, is because once you contract the virus, you only last 12 years, and so we don't know where they are within this, um, you know, time frame for V here. Um, 
is she going to die soon? Is she going to die later? Um, is she at her half-life? Who the fuck knows? We're just here enjoying her in, like, spandex or something. Um, also, there's a group that's out there called the Arch Ministry. And the Arch Ministry is part of the people that are, you know, rounding up the vampires and b- killing them, basically. So, we get to hear a little more about the war on vampires, which is not to be confused with the war on Christmas. Daxus. Vice Cardinal. As you know, our campaign against the hemophages has been highly effective. We've managed to eradicate almost all of them. But, sir, the few that are left have proven incredibly determined. Terrorist attacks are at their highest level ever. It's not because they're determined. It's because they're desperate. Because they know we're on the verge of wiping them out completely. For the last 10 years, in partnership with Laboratories for Latter-day Defense, I've overseen the development of a weapon that can locate and kill every hemophage on the planet in a matter of days. Is there an ETA, sir? Now. A courier is retrieving to bring here to the Arch Ministry as we speak. So, as you can notice, there's a lot of random references to different things within there. Uh, one, I talked about the cross that you see later on. So there is a very religious aspect to everything that's going on of the ministry of, uh, or the Ark ministry, I should say. And they are, they, they categorize them, at least in everything that I've seen, as like a militant medical group. Um, but in all honesty, they're the representation of religion in this movie, right? Just like, uh, you have to go back to, you know, the olden days where, uh, well, not even the olden days. Just go back to fucking Dracula, okay? And it's always Dracula versus the church. A better example. Let's consider her to be Dracula and him to be kind of Simon Belmont. But this time, we're on Dracula's side, right? We want him uh, to kill Simon this time. We're not doing the player character. I guess this is more like that really odd Kojima version of Castlevania, right? Where we're playing Dracula eventually. Um, even though we start as a Belmont and we turn into Dracula. Spoiler alert. Uh, so, it's just a weird, like, situation here. And the other thing is, you know, my nose is stuffed up right now. And I understand that. But what is his fucking reason? Well, he's got some weird fucking nose filter thing that's so goddamn distracting. Like, it's it's just there. It looks like fucking two fly fucking eyes, like, right there, sticking out of his fucking nose. And it's just so, like, it's such a weird choice for a fucking costume. I understand that the whole thing is that if the, the vampire blood or any part of the vampire's uh, insides, whether it be spit, sweat, tears, whatever it is, comes in contact with you, then you can turn to a vampire. Does that protect him in case he's, like, going down on vampire pussy and he's gonna get, like, some of that juice up his nose? Is that what it's protecting him from? Because he's already down there chomping away. There's no fucking reason why he's not gonna turn into a vampire if he's going after vampire pussy. I understand it probably tastes sweeter. You know, it's only gonna last so long. It's fucking, you know, uh, taboo uh, that you go after it, but... I guess the filter's gonna save you? A dental dam could do the same fucking thing. Oh, so... 
We cut from here uh, because, of course, we really haven't been introduced to Violet uh, in the traditional sense. And we see her show up to uh, a building. And I guess this is where the weapon is. And it looks like, you know, she might actually be the courier. And she has a digital effect of her hair changing color. I, I don't fucking get it. Uh, her outfit also changes uh, colors depending on where she needs to go. But this is really the only time in the film that this ever fucking happens. I don't get it. Uh, you know, I thought that maybe this is something like she had a mood changing hair. Like at this point, she hasn't done whatever she needs to do yet. So, of course, it turns violet uh, and then it turns black. And then later on, you know, and the black is when she's more in like a relaxed mood, needs to get away mood. Uh, and then maybe later it'll turn red or go back to violet when she starts like kicking ass. Nope. This is the only time this ever happens in the film. This is the only time that she has the hair that she has in the title cards. That's it. Uh, we get black, and that's it. And the same thing with the outfit. I mean, it's weird. I, I just... It doesn't make any sense why it's even fucking in the film. Uh, I, I, it was, oh, let's see, we're gonna do something cool with CGI they created in 1995. Yeah, color-changing, way to go! You know that Jurassic Park came out in the 90s and did way better CG than this movie's gonna do. Oh, anyway, she goes inside, she passes a couple of tests uh, that they're doing, but she has to be hooked up to this random machine. Now, this image uh, you probably have seen on the Facebook page, on the Instagram, on the Twitter, and even in the horror room, you know, uh, because this was the contest for this episode. Uh, and let's find out what this machine actually does. Mind if I ask what's on the menu? The usual. Retinal testing to detect the presence of contacts or dyes. Metabolic sensing to make certain your metabolism is within human range. Pulse. Respiration. Just have to make sure you're human. <gasps> if you really were a hemophage, we'd already have detected tissue repair at a microcellular level. So basically, it's spreading open her eyes so they can do a retinal scan. It is opening her mouth so she's waiting to accept a dick. Uh, and then it's also shoving these spikes into her arm so that way they can check her blood to make sure that everything is okay with the blood. Uh, as well as, he said, uh, check for cellular regeneration to determine whether or not she's a fucking vampire or hemophilia, whatever the fuck these things are. And there were just so many things kind of going through my head when watching this thing come out. Because it wraps around her like a spider and just pulls things everywhere. And it's all CG. So she has to make that face. She has to, like, contort her body in a way so that it looks like these things are fucking pulling her mouth open... Pulling her eyes, it, it honestly did remind me of that South Park episode with the uh, purity ring, where all of a sudden they see the Jones brother and they go, you know, that's exactly what, what I got. And, um, you know, I'm going to read some of the comments that we got uh, on this specific. 
And uh, then at the end, you'll know my favorite ones uh, who win the podcast uh, contest. So for this, we had, uh, this is from the Horror Amino app. Uh, that one voice that said, when you're full, but you're still trying to get that last bit of food in. Uh, Voorhees87 also said, when you're trip and your spaghetti falls out of your pocket. Uh, ew. Uh, Jigsaw uh, there, who's one of the leaders of the horror amino, uh, said, relax, this is all part of the standard horror amino induction process. Um, stinky Swiss cheese, when your normal alarm clock isn't cutting it, so you get a slight upgrade uh and then we had over here on the facebook page um we had uh from the do you love horror group that's run by beyond the void uh podcast uh we had they found a lot of weird things when cleaning out harvey weinstein's office okay that's from eric myford uh patrick solis the subject is ready to listen to the terrible terror podcast oh thanks for pandering peter pander (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nope, I do appreciate it. Larry Jackson, hashtag no filter. <laughs> I think that one's a pretty good one, too. Alex King from Beyond the Void podcast. In the future, the Ludovicio technique is used by dentists. Um, and we also had one directly on the Facebook page from uh, Big Ben, who's the uh, angry dad of the Angry Dad pod- podcast. Look, Ma, no gag reflex. Um so those those were a majority of the ones that we got, but I'll read the two winners uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, one is relatively long, but made me laugh, uh, and then the the other one is short and sweet. Um, so uh, you'll have to listen to the end to find out. So from here, we get to go over into uh, her next area where she's forced to strip naked. Uh, and go through more tests or something. And we get like what sounds kind of like porn music, but we don't actually get to see anything more than uh, V's butt. And uh, come on, you got to see more in The Fifth Element than you get to see in this film. Um, <laughs> please, please, show me more. I feel like it's that one song from that one story stupid movie that i'm never going to fucking talk about in this podcast because it's a musical and it sucks uh uh and so she actually goes into the room finally where the weapon is and we get to hear a little more about the weapon itself the hemophages are a dying species on the verge of non-existence we've developed a weapon that will push them past that brink into extinction this weapon's so important Why not have it delivered by armored convoy? The armored convoy you refer to is departing the facility as we speak. The hemophages will do anything in their power to stop and immobilize it. It is, of course, a decoy. XPD-154, you'll be receiving a case containing a weapon. I don't have to tell you. Under no circumstances should you open it. You're right. You don't have to tell me. So before she did this, she actually had to sign like a contract with her own blood that she was picking up the film. Uh, and then the weird thing is with the, everybody that's in the room, they all look like gimps in their armor. Like, seriously, it's full leather. They look like they have like some sort of ball gag covering their mouth. Uh, and I just, it, it looks so weird. 
And of course, it's at this time that somebody shows up to the front who happens to be the real fucking courier. XPD-154, clearance classified courier. Get on the ground! On your knees! On your knees! What the hell is going on? You were entered and processed through this gate 15 minutes ago. Then it wasn't me, you dumb son of a bitch. Check my ID. You've got a mite. Oh, okay. So, you mean she's really not the human, even though with the trailers and everything else that we've seen, um, (laughs) we had to believe that she was working for these people to pick up whatever it is? I mean, it could have been like a dystopian type, future type thing. She's just trying to survive, so she takes odd jobs here and there. And then, oh god, why does this start to sound like every fucking like dystopian sci-fi movie where they have to pick up something or pick up somebody and then they're the key to something that goes on and, you know, they were fucking turned out to be some like little kid and that little kid is like the savior of the world. This this is what's going to be, isn't it? This is what this film is fucking going to be. It's going to be about like, there's, there's something in that case, it's a fucking it's a fucking kid isn't it and how are they gonna do that look how slim and small that case is i oh my god this you've seen this movie so many goddamn times and you've heard this plot so many goddamn times and then she's gonna totally fall for the kid and be like i don't want to be with you and i don't really like you but then it's i really care for you like towards it this is the way this movie's going right I'm not ruining anything for you. I mean, you already listened to this thing where we're going to go through the whole goddamn movie. And you have to see something like this coming the way that they're kind of setting everything up. So, of course, they figure out that she is actually a vampire. And so she starts kicking this guy's ass who I swear to God looks like Andy Samberg. So the entire time I was laughing my ass off when she was beating on him. Then she starts like basically beating everybody up that's inside of the room and this is basically a lot of the shit from the trailer is within this first like 20 minutes of this goddamn movie so she's like kicking these people they're wearing glass armor and glass armor come on that only works in fucking rpgs okay like back in the day that was like one of the best armors that you could get in final fantasy 4 and here it does not work because all she does is she kicks and it shatters and then you go flying off or she slices and it shatters and you go flying off or she shoots it shatters and you drop to the ground so she manages to get out of the first like i don't know danger room or whatever it is and she runs down the hallway and then she like barfs and i was like why is she like why we get to see her barf right it's not really for emetophobes uh but there you go. She spills her shit all over the floor. And then it cuts to another scene where this guy's talking like, how did she get by? Well, she must have had some type of blockers or whatever. Okay, I guess that's why she's barfing. That actually kind of makes sense. But then she starts this like, she's she's about to be uh, like covered, uh, or not covered. <laughs> it would be hilarious if she was covered by these guys. Um, then this wouldn't be PG-13, right? We would get into the NC-17 rating. Uh, but she's basically blocked by a bunch of goons. Uh, and she then turns something on in, like, her watch or something, and it goes inside, and it starts, like, we're gonna show you the cool CG stuff that we did, because it's gonna start spinning, and then it's gonna come back out, and 
she's going to be able to walk on the fucking ceiling? What the fuck is this bullshit? How did she do that? She must have some sort of gravity leveler. Well, whatever it is, it's ours now. She's not going to make it out of this complex alive. Sir, we've ID'd her. Plague victim. She was confined to this facility for experimentation until she escaped after the forced termination of her pregnancy 12 years ago. Violet Song Jack Sharif, tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Why are you doing this? Because I hate humans with every fiber of my being. And I'll kill every single one of them. Almost as quickly as they'll try and kill me. You used to be human. But not anymore, right? I got sick and now I'm something less than human. Something worthy of extermination. It's academic now, isn't it? You won't make it out of here with that case. Watch me. So she uses her anti-gravity bullshit to go to the fucking roof. Like, really, it, it just... The, even then, with the fighting with everybody, it's like... It's like Power Rangers level bad, like, type of fighting. Like, we're gonna have the putties jump in, then hoo-ha-hoo, and then they fly off screen, or they get kicked, or they spin in the air. It's just terrible. Like, who thought that these action scenes would actually be kind of cool? And honestly, uh, you know, I, I was watching this with the wife, and her biggest comment that she had was she was surprised that she didn't fucking Willy Wonka herself out of existence when she went up the freaking, like, air tunnel, the air vent that was there. The air tunnel, what the fuck am I thinking about? Um, I mean, seriously, she, like, jumps, you know, she jumps up, and then she's able to come out of it just perfectly fine. Like, she doesn't just keep fucking going. She stops on the top and doesn't even look like she turns off like the gravity thing or where the fuck she's wearing uh, to land perfectly fine uh, on the goddamn roof of the place. So, um, there's also the formation of the guns, too, when she finishes that dialogue scene. And the formation of the guns is so clunky, and it's meant to look like, oh, they're materializing. But again, 2006, this CGI, it's pretty fucking shitty. Like, honestly, they're like, it, it looks like. It honestly looks like it's like a PS1 era game. And I know we were past that at this point, but honestly, it's just clunkily put in and then she's got it they obviously erased it from her hands she had them on there and then all of a sudden she's got the guns so she flies up she lands on the roof and then she takes off on the famous motorcycle chase scene uh that you see in the trailer for this movie and before it really gets into motion she calls one of her vampire friends to tell him that hey she's got the weapon it's me did you get it yeah but they're serious about not letting me keep it fine the objective is the destruction of the weapon if you can't make delivery destroy it copy that we'll determine nature and destroy no v the attack on the blood bank failed you cannot under no circumstances can you look inside that case if you are compromised you must destroy it immediately read read Alright, so if she becomes compromised, meaning caught, she's got to destroy whatever is in the case, right? Of course, I understand that you guys get that. Why did I have to explain it to you? I don't know. Well, what happens here is now the worst CGI chase scene that I have possibly ever seen. 
it's ultimately clear that she's just on top of a bike and she's just moving it left, moving it right, moving it left, moving it right. And she's being chased by helicopters. She does the most ridiculous, like, she turns on the grab drive to drive on the side of a building. Everything here that you're watching, you've seen in the fucking trailer, okay? It, I don't know, it just, it feels like it was meant to be cool, but it was just like, hey, you know, we've had, like, similar scenes in other CGI fucking sci-fi movies. Oh, we, we've had people running along buildings, let's now have a motorcycle chase in the building. And now... I'm going to play you a little clip just from the chase scene. And after I play the clip, I want to talk about what's going on. And there is no dialogue in this. It's just audio cues. So take a listen real fast. Okay, so can you tell me what's happening in that scene? I'll give you a couple seconds. Okay, she's being chased by a helicopter, right? And the helicopter is firing on her. And you can tell a little bit in the beginning of that scene. But there's so much goddamn audio loss that depending on where you're watching it, how you're watching it, how loud you have the sound up. If you don't have it up very loud, you cannot hear the gunfire very well. I mean, just listening to that clip right there, when I first grabbed it, I'm like, oh, okay, I can hear it. But I realized I had the sound up really fucking loud uh, just so I could record the, the stuff without headphones on, right? And then listening it back at the volume that I can listen to it comfortably with these headphones on, it's so hard to hear it. There is glass flying everywhere. She is swerving on the damn side of the building. It is flying behind her. Gunshots are coming in. They're hitting the ground. You do not hear that shit. And they're all close to her. And only when it goes back over to the helicopter do you finally hear the gunfire. When it shows the guys with the Gatling gun turning the Gatling gun. One, being like old ancient style Gatling gun. This is the fucking future. Don't you have something better? But that's the only time that you hear the gun truly firing in a audible and loud enough type of volume. Here, it's just like... What's going on? Hey, oh, I hear motorcycle. Oh, I hear the music perfectly fine. The music is just drowning everything fucking out. But that's the way the scene goes. And she also has a bulletproof fucking bike. I mean, she gets fired upon tons. She gets on top of the building. She's getting away. She's obviously getting away. And then she turns around because they are reloading the gun. Again, the future you got to reload that type of gun. I guess eventually you're going to run out of fucking ammunition, right? Of course, it could be like laser bullets instead, and then, you know, maybe you wouldn't have to worry about it. But anyway, so she turns the bike around, and then she starts driving towards the helicopter. And it's just so ridiculous, because they actually are able to load it before and start firing on her, and nothing happens. That Gatling gun would destroy that fucking bike, and any other fucking film but not ultraviolet because we cannot kill v and because that bike is somehow has the most bullet resistant windshields that i've ever fucking seen 
They don't even manage to accidentally hit her in the shoulder that's hanging off the side of the bike or maybe in the leg or some other spot. They are perfectly focused on one point of the bike, the point that's the most indestructible, which allows her to take the bike, jump off the building, through the helicopter, kill both of these men, and crash into the building that's on the other side of it. It's so fucking stupid that it made me laugh so hard. Like, it was just perfect for the scene. So, V ditches the bike, and now she is walking down, trying to hide, and she gives her vampire friend a call once again. V, what the hell is going on? I'm clear. I told you to destroy the weapon. I said I'm clear. You have the case? Affirmative. Bring it in. What's your status? The needle in the Chinois girl. <sighs> Ten minutes. Okay, one, you're not in the clear. Those guys are still fucking chasing you, and you look down and you can still see them fucking chasing you. Two, when she gets in the elevator, she basically forgets to press the button before she goes up. I mean, that's a little nitpicking, but still. And then, of course, you know, because they tell her, everybody so far has told her, don't look in the case, don't look in the case, don't look in the case. What does she do? She looks in the fucking case, and who is fucking right? It is a fucking kid inside of the case. Okay, look, how do they fit him in there? I don't get it. There's some type of, like, interdimensional portal that's inside the fucking case that they're able to, I don't know... Put a kid in that you can take a kid out? I guess this would be perfect for like parents on the go who really need to have their kid get a good time out. So you throw them into the interdimensional case and lock it. So one, they don't make any fucking noise. Two, they get to play around in some infinite universe. And three, you can go and do whatever you want. Want to go to the club that night? You can go to the fucking club. You want to go and see strippers that night you got strippers readily available for you because you don't have to worry about the kid and you can take the kid with you you can wear them as a backpack uh so one you're being a good dad and two you get to see boobs it's a fucking win-win if only the people of florida would realize that an interdimensional case is the best way to take your kids to a place they shouldn't be we wouldn't have so many random stories out of that state Well, she arrives up to the top floor, and she meets with her vampire friends, and she explains her disdain over the fact that it's not really a weapon, and that it's a kid. Bravo, V. Bravo. No one but you could have pulled this off. It's not a weapon. What are you talking about? It's not a weapon, it's a child. A human child. You opened the case. What difference does it make? I risk my life for nothing. I think I had to know what I was willing to die for. You see? Nothing. Nothing. It's not a weapon. It's a child. It's both. It's a weapon and a child. Its blood is swarming with cultured antigens that would kill all of us on contact. If they atomize its tissues into the atmosphere, it would be like insecticide to people like you and me. 
It would find us, and it would kill us. All of us. Yes, okay, so the first thing that I cannot stand is this French fucking vampire. Okay, not because he's French, but because the fucking accent fucking kills me the entire time that I have to listen to him ever fucking open his mouth. Because I can barely understand what he's saying. Now... The other thing here is is that the kid somehow contains a pathogen that will wipe out the vampiric race or the hemophage, whatever the fuck they want to be called, okay? Like, why would you put it into a little kid? Doesn't make much sense to me. Like, and then what she does, it surprises the hell out of me too, to where she like decides that, hey, you know what? You can't kill a fucking kid. So even though she leaves the kid case with the vampires here she manages to actually have taken the kid out beforehand and tries to escape with it this causes Frenchie here to go all like mental and send her well he doesn't want to use the vampires to chase after her because I don't know maybe they think she's more of a badass than she actually seems to be but instead calls upon this other group to try and stop her from taking the kid. And this is the second scene of her being surrounded by goons. And this scene is just as fucking ridiculous as well. Because she basically tells them to make a move. She brings out her sword. And then she manages to kill all of these like gangster looking dudes... With their own fucking bullets. You would think that at one point she would, like, or not she would, but they would stop just fucking shooting at her. Because she's too fucking fast for them. She manages to kill the leader right off when one of the guys in the back, whose hand is shaking, fires the bullet. And she dodges. It kills the main guy by shooting him in the eye. It's probably one of the more, I don't want to say gorier scenes, but bloodier scenes that you see in the movie for pg-13 there's their one uh and then all of a sudden the rest of them she's just dodging and they're killing each other i guess it might have been kind of cool it just looks really fucking cheesy uh it's kind of a cool idea but at the same time it it just doesn't feel executed right and that's a big running theme for most of this movie uh and like after watching this scene too, I'm sure that Piccolo would be happy because she really has mastered that dodge technique. Now, when she's finally finished with him, the little kid here, uh, he has managed to get himself to the top of the edge and she has to talk him down. Hey! What are you doing up there, huh? Hey! It's a nice view, huh? Why don't you, uh, help me up so I can see it too? Here, give me your hand. Give me your hand. Help me up. Come on. Killed. 
oh boy, it's one of those type things where she has to pretend to be all nice and sweet so he won't kill himself or he won't, he'll trust her and then she turns around and acts like a bitch after everything is done. But she's still trying to save his life. Oh, maybe there's some type of ulterior motive for this thing. Maybe there's a cure inside. I, so many stupid things that just like kill me in this movie. You can see where things are going. But of course, you know, she acts like that caring stepmom that at the end, uh, it actually turns out that she's kind of a bitch. Uh, but she does manage to save him, and then they do manage to get away. Uh, and before they can, they run into Draxus. And Draxus explains, well, who the kid is. Stop it. Seal the building. Any other phages inside, I want them hunted down and killed. Violet Song Jad Sharif. Seal the needle. Hunt down and kill any remaining hemophages inside. Easy, Violet. Do you know who I am? How could I not? Tyrant, egomaniac, narcissist. That about sums it up, doesn't it? Yes, it may be true. I may have quirks, but that doesn't mean I'm stupid. And it certainly doesn't mean that you make a single move without me knowing about it. You would have killed me a long time ago. Listen, the boy is useless to you. He's laboratory-bred, vegetative, practically brain-dead. Just give him to me, and you're on your way. And then you can use him to kill me and everybody like me. He's not what you think. No? What is he then? He's my son. Okay, so you put the virus that could kill all of vampires for the rest of time into your son? Like, this is a revelation that doesn't necessarily need to be added to this movie. I... What does it do other than show maybe there's a little bit of compassion there? But there's no compassion because he's kind of a dick, right? He wants everybody just fucking killed and he's created something within his own child that is going to kill the rest of the vampiric race, or so we think. Well, she decides that, no, you still can't have him. So she does kind of a cool move with the car where she tells him to get down and she slams it into like an entrance because they're all firing upon the car. And the door just, I guess, flies off and they're able to get out of the car even though it's been shot down and escape from everybody. They get into a subway. Uh, there's a little bit of another like stepmom type of scene with uh, this kid here that we don't even know what the fuck his name is. We'll find out in a bit. Uh, and she gets into a, I don't know, I guess it's like a mall. And she calls on her buddy Garth who doesn't really want anything to do with what she's got right now. Garth, it's me. I screwed up. I screwed up bad. The case had a kid in it. <laughs> Across Nerva. I know. Call. Don't even think about bringing it here, V. Damn it, Garth. This kid might have the answer in him. Now I'm just going to be lucky to get him out of here alive. I need your help. I'm sorry, V. My research is too important to jeopardize for a single child. that's right garth you're an asshole but that voice sounds awfully fucking familiar uh that better not be somebody that's relatively well known showing up in this shitty fucking movie Uh, or maybe it's somebody that's not relatively well known but it's somebody that you recognize when you fucking see him but you can't put the name you know to the face 
So, it's at this point that she kind of loses the kid just for a second. Uh, but she manages to find him because he's talking to some like business people or something there. And she notices that the authorities or the arch ministry or, or whoever the fuck these people are, are coming after her. And she realizes that if she can't take him with her, she needs to take something from him so that, you know, maybe they can find a cure for what she has. Give me your arm. Now you listen to me, Six, or whatever your name is. I might not be able to get you where I want you to go, but I sure as hell am going to get your blood there. Now give me your arm before I take the whole thing. You think those people are bad? Well, let me tell you something. The real monster you don't want knocking down your door is me. If I scream, we'll both be dead. Oh, so the little fucker actually can talk. And his name is Six. Uh, they got a little scene before this where she's like, What's your name? And he holds up Six Fingers. And, Oh, your name is Six. Well, you're the sixth member of Bullshit Island, okay? Because it, why would you do this to her? Just give her your blood. Run away. You're never going to be found again. You're going to probably end up dead somewhere anyway because, you know, she doesn't seem like a very good mom. And she's not really wanting to take care of you because that's the stupid fucking trope of these types of movies, right? Well, they do manage to get away and on their nice little ride to go see, well, who else? She's going to take him to go see Garth. She explains to Six what exactly he means to the world. What do you know about what's going on? There's a war going on to the death between humans and hemophages. And Six, you're a human. And I'm a hemophage. Wait. Listen. Do you remember I said that there was something in your blood that could save my life? Well, Daxus, he put something into your blood. He grew something there. And whatever that is, those antigens, they may hold the key to saving my life, but they were put there first and foremost to kill me. To kill me and everyone like me. So... These men? Yeah, Six. They're after you. Right now, you're the most valuable object on this planet. Oh, boy. Well, from here, she actually does take him to meet Garth. And hey, I do recognize that guy. And that's William Fitchner. Okay, You may have seen him. He's been in a bunch of movies. Probably the most recognizable role that you can see. When you see him, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know who that guy is, but I don't remember the movies he's done. But one of the most recognizable scenes is from the beginning of The Dark Knight, where the Joker is the one uh, that breaks into the bank, and he's the guy that's on the floor that's being talked to. Um, That's where I think a lot of people, especially maybe the younger generation, might pinpoint him. But he was also in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Independence Day Resurgence, which came out recently, uh, Asylum, The Lone Ranger, Date Night, Longest Yard, uh, Black Hawk Down, Crash, Perfect Storm. A lot of fucking movies. And even, oh god, no. Who the fuck was he in that movie? No, 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 we're never, that, that, that's the movie that shall not be named that has that shitty Aerosmith song on it. So, of course, Garth is upset that V has brought Six here, and he does reluctantly decide to do some tests on him to determine what exactly the antigens are inside of his body that V believes are there. 
after much testing, he actually reveals that there are no antigens in his body, uh, and that he is, uh, <laughs> really radioactive, as he puts it. Actually, he says that he's like mega nuclear ultra radioactive because he only has about eight hours to live because there's a tracking device that's embedded inside of him, and that's how they're able to trace her down. So, of course, she is a little upset because she was hoping that there'd be some type of cure inside of her, well, inside of six, I should say, that can help cure her. Meanwhile, we're going back to the building where the French fucking vampire is hanging out, and we see that the ministry here has uh, tracked them all down uh, due to the orders of Draxus. Now, there is a really weird scene that happens here. The first thing is, is the vampires get surrounded, and then they're like, oh, there's fighting, and you figure out that, uh, well, after they've turned out the lights, that all the soldiers have died, and the only person that's left is Draxus. Draxus, with that stupid shit still in his fucking nose, goes into the other room, and makes himself a cup of coffee. He spends a lot of time, like, cleaning down the cup, and then he fills it way too fucking high. Like, who fills it to that, like, brim of a fucking cup? And especially since that cup is really fucking tiny. And then who just steals somebody's random coffee? You're so worried about the viruses and everything going out, and this is like vampire coffee. So, you know what? That makes me think something else, too. Why would he decide to go and just have vampire coffee? He's got the fucking nostril things. He's got, again, maybe it helps. Maybe they haven't done anything. You know, they could have, like, slit their wrists and you put a little blood in the coffee because you want some blood in the coffee in the morning, you know? Helps jumpstart your day. Helps you get all active and everything. And turns other people that steal your fucking coffee into fucking vampires. Like, why wouldn't you just leave the fuck alone? Well, he ends up proving that he's a lot stronger than they think, and he's able to subdue them. Meanwhile, uh, after this is finished, we go back over and we see that V is giving a little bit of a heart-to-heart with Six. See, Six, he's looking at, like, pictures of a park, and, you know, he wants to eventually go to some place like that, but she has to explain to him that, well, you can't. When I was a kid, when I was just a little girl, I used to dream about this old dusty road. And this road would go on as far as the eye could see. And there was all these little white flowers growing around the edges. And it was such a peaceful place. It was a happy place. Then you realize when life settles in around you, places like this don't exist. Okay, so basically what she's telling him is that, you know, she's giving him the most the best pep talk in the world. Uh <laughs> that hey, you know what, life really just sucks and these pieces of uh, like peace and harmony, they don't fucking exist because everybody hates everybody and blah, blah, blah. The other thing that she goes on is like, you're dying, I'm dying. Okay, we're cool. Like, what the hell? Everything seems like some weird little afterthought that's going on, uh, even though they're kind of, I don't know, big plot points to the rest of the film. From here, they go back out on the run uh, and she's trying to, I don't know if she's trying to, like, get away with him or what she's trying to, because they're not wearing disguises, right? It, it makes n- no sense. 
Like, you're going to go out on the run or out in public, and everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows that they're looking for him, and you're not going to change clothes. What happened to the whole, like, color-changing clothes shit when you happened at the beginning of the movie, right? You went from, like, black to yellow to purple, and maybe you could change it up again. Remember when you changed your hair color on the fly, that it went to purple to black? Maybe you could have changed your hair to blonde for this one situation. But no, uh, they don't decide to do anything. She goes and the the interesting thing, I think, um, she buys like a disposable phone, but it's like a paper phone to make a phone call. <clears throat> it's relatively neat. I My wife didn't like it, but I thought it was kind of cool the way that they did it. The fact that it's so compact, you can just throw it away and it looked like just a piece of paper. It's an interesting idea, not saying it's executed well, but hey. So she goes into the mall. And this is the point that she decides that, hey, and see, this is a little confusing to me. Was she trying to ditch him because she wants him to not be found and just enjoy and that she doesn't want him to see her die or he, she doesn't want to see him die or that, hey, I have no use for you anymore, so I'm just going to leave you here and, hey, I'm going to give you a credit card. Like, here, listen to the scene. Violet, wait. What are we doing? I would be neglecting my duties if I didn't get a growing boy fed, wouldn't I? Credit card. All right, so you take this over there and see if you can't find us something to eat. should uh, really put your mask up. Goodbye, Violet. So he knows that she's just going to fucking ditch him. And she tries to get away. Uh, and eventually she hears shots ring out. She runs back and it turns out that he gave that credit card to another kid. So he's actually still on the run. Now, what really surprises me about here is not the fact of the matter that she was trying to ditch him or that they got the wrong kid. It's just like everybody's totally like cool that there's a dead kid on the goddamn ground. Like they are surrounding him. Nobody is like distraught. Nobody's running away. It's just like, well, fuck, they killed a kid. All right. Well, what's for lunch? Uh, it makes no sense to me why they wouldn't be at least somewhat surprised, right? Because, of course, it makes sense if they're surprised because, you know, as a kid, and then they find out, oh, wait, he was a vampire. Okay, now I'm totally cool with them killing vampires because, you know, they're fucked up for our society. So, uh, it also turns out that Six has been kidnapped by the other vampires. So, there's a dead kid and now Six is with Frenchie over there. So, of course, V goes after these v- vampires. And they go to have a... Uh, see, again, like... I've heard of all of this before. In fact, 
this is basically like the theme of The Last of Us as well, right? She's Joel and he's Ellie, except for there isn't another virus that's going around. But it's just like she wants to save him because she's got some connection to him because she had to give up her kid so long ago. And so she wants to protect him and wants to be motherly to this kid. And at the same time... There's the resistance group, the vampires, that have now kidnapped him. So she has to go fight the resistance group. But there's still the overarching evil group that's over here that's also after him. God damn, this is such fucking lazy writing, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of movies and a lot of things. But you could bring something new to it. I guess the new thing was fucking vampires. So... Well, she does go after the resistance vampire group that she originally was helping. And, you know, she turns out to be one pissed lady. Violet Song Jat Sharif. What are you thinking? I'm not bludgeoning Wah. We're as fast as you. We're as strong as you. Yeah. But are you going to tent this pissed off as I am? And that's when she goes into overdrive and she starts kicking the living shit out of dreads and not dreads here. But he does have a ponytail. And it seems like V she subscribes to the NFL rule. And what is that exactly? Well, the uniform your hair is part of the uniform so you can tackle bitches by pulling their hair and here she is fucking kicking their ass at using their hair she's truly fighting i know it's gonna sound wrong but like when you watch women fight women that's the way that she's fighting she's just fucking grabbing hair throwing people around like kicking their ass not really doing a whole lot in this scene other than that in fact she pulls out the guy's dreads and then he dies that's what it seems like like all his power was in his goddamn dreads Like, he was fucking Samson, you know? And the only way to kill this guy was to pull out the the two dreads that connected to all of his power and his life force, and boom, dead. Meanwhile, the other guy, she just fucking tops him, you know, over into a corner by his fucking hair. So then she ends up into the chamber where Six is hanging over a well, and we've got Frenchie here. Uh, and he's telling V that she just needs to walk away because there's something more to this kid that she does not understand. Don't you realize what this child has in him? I don't care what this child has in him. It's not a vampiral antigen, but a human antigen. Lethal enough to kill every human on the planet. Why would humans create a human antigen? What do I, or even you, care why? Daxis has offered us a most tempting proposal. One that would finally even the odds for us. So just walk away, V. Walk away. Okay, so it's truly an anti-human antigen. What? Okay, now you kind of see, can you guess where there's going to be a plot twist in this film? Uh, that's not really a plot twist. It's so fucking annoying. Anyway, so, uh, what, what the fuck is he wearing to, is he fucking wearing Crocs? Six is fucking wearing Crocs, and he manages to scoot one off of his shoe. And then, there's this weird scene, and I didn't get it 
right away. And I feel dumb for not getting this. Because when he drops it, all of a sudden you see her face and a clock. And it's like ticking. And then it keeps going. I'm like, what the fuck is with this clock? Why do we need to focus on this clock? And then I finally realize it's because she's counting the amount of times till it hits the bottom. And it hits water. So, depending on how, you know, shallow that water is... I'm sure if he dropped him, he'd probably survive. He's going to die anyway. Who gives a shit? You would just know that you have so much time. Uh, So he does actually drop six. And then she goes into ass-kicking mode for the amount of time it takes to uh, save him uh, from falling into the water, I guess, in the bottom. And again, I don't know how shallow the water is, but there definitely was a splash. And if there's a splash, that means there's a decent amount of water. Um, the other thing is, again, she gets surrounded by these people. And nobody has learned their lesson in this film to not fucking surround her. Because the moment that she surround her with anybody, this is, like, a common occurrence in here. She just beats everybody's ass. This is, I guess, this is the third time we've had the same type of thing happen to her. She gets in a bad situation. She gets surrounded by a bunch of guys. She kills all the guys. Oh, great, you're killing the last of the vampiric race that you've got here, or the infected vampiric people that you said you brought together to be a resistance, all because of this fucking kid. And because you have some weird maternal instinct with this kid. So, she's able to kill everybody, and and honestly, she kills um, you know the French guy in a decent way. She shoves a sword through his head. And there's no blood again, PG-13, but you see the sword go through the head, so I guess that's their fucking, like, gory moment or some shit that they can't get away with. And I think there's one more. I think they got away with three because they didn't show blood in the other two. So she manages to actually grab the rope with some CGI rope burn. Yes, the rope is going through her hands. Is even CG- Did they take a page out of fucking George Lucas with this one? Like, this is their fucking CGI eating fruit. It's the fucking rope burn. Like, you really... This is the way that you're going to do it. Honestly. This is this is what you're going to do. You're not gonna uh, just, like, have it go through her hands. She's wearing gloves. You know. Oh, it's dumb. It's just... It's just so fucking dumb. So she does manage to rescue Six. And then, when she's pulling him out, she tells him, Hey, you know what? You're dying. Which it probably really reassures the poor kid. What'd you say? That mechanism, access your father put inside you. It's a antagonistic protein. It's very precise. And it's going to shut you down, Six. It's going to kill you, Six. If I don't find some way, if I don't find some... I just need some time. She just needs to be able to... What? What does she need to do? And she stops here, and then she walks over to another room, uses another one of those disposable phones to call Draxus. And initially, he looks like, Hey, man, this is an unlisted wall. Why are you calling me here? Hello, Violet? 3D me. This is a surprise? I want you to take out whatever you put in the kid. Oh, I wish that was possible, but there is no cure for the antigen. I don't believe you. Just bring him to me. 
The antigen dies with the boy, and neither of them are any good to anybody. You said you were his father, for God's sake. No, Violet. I don't have a father. No? More precisely. He's my clone. Number six in a series of eight. What the hell difference does it make? He's a child, you monster. Monster? <laughs> and what are you? And more importantly, what does that make him to you? Some sort of bizarre maternal surrogate? <laughs> a vampire and a dying human child. What a pathetic picture. I'll make you another violet. One that's not broken. You won't even be able to tell the difference. I promise. And I may even be able to help you with that problem you have in your own blood. Trace. Why track the call? I'll tell you where I am. I want you to bring me the boy. I'll bring you a lot more than that, you prick. I have 700 soldiers here with me. What do you really think you can do against that many men? I can kill them. Okay, so first off, what a combo, right? A dying vampire and a dying kid. That makes for excellent travel companion type of buddy comedy cop movie if I've ever seen one before. Secondly... That last line is so fucking cheesy. And she's, like, acted the same exact way the entire time. Wispy, kind of badassy. Oh, I'm gonna kill them all. Like, it's not that bad. But honestly, it really feels like... You could tell that line was coming from a mile of fucking way. Oh. So, of course... They go on their road trip to go to wherever Draxus is right now, which isn't the, like, head of the Arch Ministry, or maybe it is. I don't fucking know. But uh, in the car, Six, he basically tells her, look, you're not going to fucking survive. Why do you want to even go there and try to do anything? And, of course, she explains. Haven't you been paying attention? Killing is what I do. It's what I'm good at. I'm a titan. I'm on a Nothing can stop me. I can see it. What the hell choice do I have? A very clear one. Watch me die. Or make me watch you do the same. Okay, well, obviously you're going to be dying first, kid, because you're on your last fucking legs. I mean, she can't even put you in the car right. She doesn't sit you up and said she puts you on the ground so she can lay your head on the goddamn seat. Makes no sense to me, to be honest with you. Now, the other thing that's kind of going on here uh, is that she's slowly being tricked out of not going in their guns blazing, doing the Indiana Jones shit, and just fucking tearing people apart. But instead, uh, you know, she may have a change of heart. Who knows? So she arrives upon the scene, and Draxus is there with his 700 men, which doesn't really look like 700 men. Actually, you know, it looks like 700 fucking gimps, okay? They're all with their ball gag, their fucking black thing, and their guns and shit like that, ready to go. 
And of course, V asks for the cure from him, but he has other ideas. Are you mental? The antidote. I told you there is no cure. You wouldn't create a human lethal antigen without an antidote you could administer to yourself and your mansiples. Very nice, Violet. Well, yes, there is an antidote. And yes, when I get the boy, isolate the antigen and release it into the atmosphere. Anyone who wants to live will queue up daily at this door to get it. I thought we were the ones you hated. I thought we were the ones you were trying to wipe out. That's the problem. You were. Past tense. But now that you and those like you are all but extinct, what's someone like me, someone with a job to do, going to use to keep order in a society that left to itself would sprint toward chaos like an Olympic event? We did our job too well. Now, must we make amends? You disgust me. It's a relative term, Violet. Give me what I want. Come and get it. And that's when... They start, like, firing at her. Well, they start the whole thing, and we realize that she's actually just a fucking hologram in the car. That's that one scene you see from the trailer when he, like, swipes at her, and she, like, fades for a second and then comes back. Um, So she wasn't dumb enough to go in there, but she did get him to admit that he's the one that created it and that all this crap is, you know, just a way for him to protect Uh, or to generate more money, or whatever the fuck it is. And then he's got all those minions behind him. Why doesn't a single one, like, bust a cap in his ass? Like, seriously, you're hearing all this, uh, you created this anti-human thing, and you are planning to kill everybody and only let the people that possibly, you know, have a chance to fight against it, or the ones that you want to have the cure have the cure? Like, I would just been like, walk up, bam, you're dead, that's it. Okay, you know, he did manage to take out the vampires relatively quick in that one scene, and maybe they're afraid of him or something like that, but at the same time, come on, man, just fucking kill him. There's 700 of you and only one of him, and he's trying to wipe out humans. You're not gonna do it. Is the dental plan that fucking good? Do you get fucking fantastic? Fantastic health insurance because you live in the fucking United States and it's an arm and a fucking leg to get it and he's giving you something where you only have to pay like very little for a prescription and don't have to jump through any hoops is that the reason why is he just the best boss ever outside of the fucking workplace is he fucking Hank Scorpio like the best boss in the fucking world and you just happen to you know work for an evil genius at the same time Who the fuck knows? So, of course, uh, we then cut to a scene where Six is dying, and she's going to be watching him die, and she takes him over to the park. And they have a heartfelt scene, and then the helicopter shows up. You know, he's like, what's that? She fucking lies to him and tells him it's nothing. It's just the wind. But then he does die in her arms, and Draxus ultimately kills her. But wait... This is not the happy ending that I was expecting for this movie. Isn't there some type of final showdown that's going to go on? Well, yes, because we still have at least another 20 to 30 minutes left of this fucking movie. It can't just end at this point. So, of course, we go back to Garth's, and we find out that he actually has saved her life. Garth. You very thoughtfully subbed in for the incendiary team. 
Your heart stopped three times, but after four hours of surgery and a lot of prayer, we managed to save your life. You what? Okay, fuck you, film. Why are we throwing that bullshit in right fucking now? Oh, you don't let anybody in. Uh, don't you realize the reason I saved your life is because I'm in love with you? Come on, what did this even need to be in the fucking movie? Why, why would you even fucking add it? Just get it the hell out of here. This makes absolutely no sense you know what i think i've said this for another fucking movie that we've talked about on this podcast where they just throw a fucking love interest in the last possible seconds of the movie i think it's called fucking underworld what the hell is going on in this bullshit like why do we need to suddenly have this especially with this character and then two she has pointy teeth now I did not even think about it for the whole fucking movie. She has had normal fucking teeth. And it took her basically dying as a vampire for her teeth to show up. Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously, go back through the rest of the movie. Anytime she's talking, she does not have vampire teeth. But in this scene, she has vampire teeth. Everybody else does. Everybody else that's a vampire does have those teeth. Except for her. And now she does. It take her coming back from the dead... The, the, the dead vampire. Uh, <laughs> I guess coming back from the undead. Uh, that she finally shows her teeth. So, of course... Uh, the, she goes into... Oh, I'm depressed error because he's dead. I should be dead. You know, let's not worry about it. And Garth then calls her and says... You need to watch the stuff that's on TV. Violet, it's me, Garth. Listen, turn on the TV. You're all over the place, every channel. Just minutes ago, Listen to me. Apparently it may I know you're in a bad place, but what the boy wrote down on that piece of paper, it has something to do with the HGV virus. I know it. I can feel it. Violet, if you could just give me a little more time. V, are you listening? Where are you? Outer 10th Artery, westbound. Stay on course, I'll converge in 15. Oh, here's the big revelation for you. You remember the scene where they were in the park and she was hugging him and she honestly doesn't know how to fucking cry so they had to CG fucking tears coming out of her eyes? Well, one of the tears happened to get into, I guess, his eye or on his face. And remember I talked about eating vampire pussy earlier on in the podcast and how he had that filter and all that stuff? Well, guess what? That shows its head here, and everybody needs to realize that, hey, it's not just blood that can transfer this vampire virus. Uh, 
and it's called HGV. Ugh. Anyway, it's also bodily fluids of any fucking type, including her tears. Oh my god, fucking Six is alive. And you know why? Because he had crying happen to him. She cried a single tear, it dropped on him, and now it's probably turning him into a fucking vampire. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god. (sighs) So... Now it's time to go and invade the Ark Ministry. And uh, she goes inside and there actually is a relatively funny scene where she's scanned for weapons. Searching for concealed weapons. Number of weapons found. Many. I'm here to see the Vice Cardinal. Okay, and then there's a gunfight that happens. But you know what? We don't get to see it because we go up to Drax's place and you just come back. And of course, before, she was surrounded by people, so obviously she's going to win. And she was wearing all white, too, by the way. But when we cut back to her, everybody's fucking dead. And then she's bleeding a little bit and it touches the white outfit she's wearing and it turns it red. Like, come on. Are you fucking kidding me? This is when we're finally going to get back to changing colors and outfits. And it's because of the blood that she spilled or she got cut or where the fuck it is. So we go back in there. And then she fights now what look like SS guards. Okay, we don't need any more symbolism in this fucking movie. So I'm just going to fucking ignore it. Uh, Anyway, so... She uses a gun to carterize the wound that she has on her arm that turned her clothes red. And she still manages to still be bleeding from the hand, which makes no fucking sense. She kills all these fucking guards. Uh, you know, the 700 that supposedly were there originally, I guess, to save her ass. Well, save his ass, I should say. And she arrives on Draxus, where we finally get to fight the final boss of the film. Is that all you've got? Violet, the boy is dead. You obviously don't have a clear grasp of what dead really is. Allow me to demonstrate. For God's sakes, Violet, I'm unarmed. Not yet, you're not. Okay, there was a really shitty visual joke there that you needed to see to really get that. When he says, I'm unarmed, he puts his arms to the side and shows that he's got no weapons. And she looks to the left arm, she looks at the right arm, and that's where she says, oh, no, not yet, you're not. Meaning she's going to cut off his fucking arms, okay? That was the joke. Uh, And it actually kind of worked in the film. Uh, I chuckled. I still kind of chuckle thinking about it. So, of course, now we're going to reveal the giant twist in this movie. And what is the giant twist in this movie? Can you guess what it is? Again, I'll just give you a couple of seconds. Okay? Giant twist in this film, he's a fucking vampire. That's right. He somehow infiltrated everything uh, so long ago, he is able to fucking do what he needs to do, and he's created this thing because he's a fucking vampire. Now they're going to fucking face off. And how is he surviving if he has survived longer than it has? How's it been more than 12 years? 
I don't know. Maybe he really does have a cure, but she doesn't really seem to give a shit if he actually does have a cure or he doesn't have a cure. She just wants to fucking kick his ass and get fucking six back. So they fight, uh, and they fight for a little bit to the point that he decides that, oh man, you are better than me. But in a fair fight, you know, I know you could win, but this is not going to be a fair fight because he has better low light vision than she does. So he turns off the lights, and they start fighting. And really, he still doesn't get much of the upper hand on her, uh, because she must be one of the children of the light. She fucking turns her sword into a fucking flaming, like, blade right there. And they're fighting with flaming swords. Why? (laughs) That's the only reason why we turned the lights off, right? So that we could see them fight with fucking swords on fire. And it doesn't even look that good. And to the point that eventually he thinks that he has the upper hand, and he asks the serious questions. Do you believe in God, Violet? Do you hope he's merciful? Do you think he'll welcome you into his arms like the so-very many you've sent his way? Hey, Daxus. You know, after this... Okay, so God's now going to forgive you. So I guess you answered the question of whether or not you believe in it because you think that he's going to forgive you for killing him, which he actually does die in a decent way. She sprays him with, like, I guess holy water or or something that sets him on fire. I I don't know what that gun is they're using because he tried to use it on her before, but she covered it with her blood, and then now she's got one that works perfectly fine and sprays him, and he catches on fire, and then she slices him right down the middle, and of course, since it's PG-13, we just see them kind of spread in the dark, and then you don't really see anything else. She rescues Six, and she takes him outside, and then he starts to wake up uh, because, of course... He's a vampire now because tears work. And they have their little heartfelt ending. She explains a little more what's going to go on. And then the film actually ends. Yes, I was born into a world you might not understand. But a world, as it turns out, where hope still lives. And my body... Would Garth be able to fix it the way another had cured my soul? Maybe. Maybe not. But this I do know. All those still out there who spread oppression, injustice, and hatred, they better hope not. That was Ultraviolet, man. As much as I kind of ripped on there, it's not a terrible film. Actually, it's a pretty fucking awful film. Uh, I'm just lying with you right there. It is a so bad, it's good film, though. Like, there are so many over-the-top, ridiculous scenes that you just have to laugh. You just have to enjoy what's going on. 
I don't think I like coming off of the Howling Four and going into this was like a sigh of relief because I was really worried after everything I've heard about this film and everything that could be affecting me here i was really thinking this is just gonna be so bad that it's unwatchable nothing's gonna go through with it but honestly it has its fun moments it's just the acting is terrible the fact that it's pg-13 is fucking ridiculous and the fact that it keeps trying to hide itself as a vampire movie except for in the scene where she's on the roof before she dodges all the bullets and they're talking to her and they say kill the vampire They call her a vampire. She's a fucking vampire. The fact that she never shows her fucking teeth until that last scene. And then it's awkward like she's forcibly showing that those fangs are fucking there. It sucks. Uh, This, it is just the ending too. The ending is more like, I'm going to be there. It it could be ambiguous to say whether or not she was going to live or she was going to die. And that, hey, is there actually a cure or is there not a cure? And it sounds like, hey, there actually is a cure, and she's going to fight for truth, justice, and the American fucking way, and that's the way it's going to be. If you're going to be somebody of injustice, I'm going to stop you. It's stupid. I would love a more ambiguous ending. I, I don't get some of the other plot points that are trying to go on or that they're trying to add to the film. It really adds nothing to the movie as a whole. Really, this is just a film about a woman trying to save a kid that she has maternal instincts to and be damn everybody else in the society. So, what do I give this film? Well, first off, let's stop. Let's talk about gore. It is a one out of five. There, the two scenes that can be considered gore are okay. But there really isn't anything. It's PG-13. That really fucking hurts it. I really wish they could have gone with an R rating for this film. Because maybe then things would have been a little more interesting. But as you know too, with PG-13 movies, they can kill as many fucking people as they want without blood. So there is a high body count in here. But it's people's fucking glass armor breaking. And it's fucking stupid. Uh, Craft Factor. It is a 5 out of 5. The acting, the action, the CG for being from 2006. There's better CG in fucking Resident Evil, which came out two years prior, or not two years, uh, four years prior in 2002. In 2004, um, Apocalypse came out. And I believe that was better uh, CG than this movie, even though we had like a nemesis or whatever the fuck that thing was. Oh, God, that's such a bad one, too. And, uh, you know, the acting is just really stiff and wooden and weird um, design choices. Everything being on a green screen for the majority of the fucking movie. Almost everything. There there really just isn't, like, even the sets. I'm not even sure the whole set is actually a real set or not. Fun factor. It's a 3 out of 5. It's dumb. But it's very laughable and very enjoyable in certain sequences. Even in the action scenes, they're done decent. And even if they feel like Power Ranger fighting scenes, they're still like fun to just laugh and enjoy. It's not terrible. It's not great. Um, it's just eh, okay. Uh, so overall, what do I give this film? Well... I'm going to give it three out of five digital swords. And that's primarily because 
of the laughable factor and the fact that it's so bad it's good. It's not necessarily a film that maybe is for everyone. I didn't think it was for me, but the fact that I was able to sit down and laugh at the film while I was watching it was great uh, and very, very worth the time. Like, Like I said, with other films, especially when I don't really care for them, I will look at my phone and I'll try to not, you know, I'll maybe not pay attention as much, especially if I've seen it before. But this, it kind of held my interest the whole time and allowed me to still make fun of it and, you know, have a good outcome of what's coming up next. Now, before we talk about the next film, let's do the two winners of the contest. So, the first winner of the contest, uh, and you get to make your choice between uh, the Lilu because there was no ultraviolet pot prize pack that I wanted to give anybody. And it would have been funny, though, if there was an ultraviolet pop, but there's not. Um, I almost... <laughs> if you've never heard it before check it out but there is a mila jovovich uh cd she did a cd where she barks like a dog uh but it's very interesting and i check it out and i was thinking about giving that away as uh fun but uh no i decided not to but uh my favorite out of everyone comes from bill Kahn, and he says no seriously mila you have to watch ultraviolet before we release it no i'm not kidding you have to sit through the whole movie look if you're just gonna pout and close your eyes we'll have to remedy that uh, that is my favorite, so you get your choice of either the Billy uh, or the Lilu um, uh, Fun Funko Pop. Now, the second place person, if you do not, uh, whatever you know, Bill here uh, decides to go with uh, Horror Geek 1996. Uh, hope I find out what your real name is soon at some point. But you said you, the moment when you realized switching dentists wasn't a good idea. Uh, that one made me chuckle quite a bit than the other ones. Uh, so whichever one Bill decides not to go with, you will get the runner-up prize of the other Funko Pop. So you might find yourself with a Billy, or you might find yourself with a Lilu. Uh, otherwise, uh, I will contact you both of you guys through DMs, either through Facebook or Amino, or if you guys want to contact me first before uh, you know I get to you, please feel free to message me um, in any location. So... Uh, without further ado, the theme month is coming to an end. Now, I did a vampire movie. I have done a werewolf movie. I have done a Frankenstein movie. So what could possibly be the movie that combines all three of them together along with Underworld and the X-Men? Oh, it's this. My life. My job. My curse is to vanquish evil. His name is Van Helsing. Some say you're a holy man. Others say you're a murderer. Which is it? It's a bit of both. He has come to a forbidden land to battle enemies that are legend. This summer, evil has one name to fear. Hugh Jackman is Van Helsing. All right, I am going to. Oh, 
I can't believe I'm going to do this. I promised myself after I saw it for the first time, I'd never watch it again. Uh, and I have kept to that promise since I saw it in the theater. This was supposed to be the big thing that brought everything together, that brought the Universal Horror Monsters back, and then we're going to see more Universal Horror Monster movies. We're going to see a new Dracula and a new this. It's going to create a franchise. It's all going to be great. And then it turned into this. Now, there are people I know that love this movie. And you know what? You're allowed to like this movie. I personally think this movie's fucking shit i hate this movie so much but there is one scene that i really need to get on record on talking about uh and this is the way that i'm going to be able to do it is to talk about this film and watch it again and realize that kate beckinsale shouldn't have been in this movie either and that hugh jackman trying his hardest is probably the highlight of the film that just cannot save a bad movie so uh guys watch van helsing before the next episode if you can um i appreciate everybody that's listened i appreciate everybody that entered the contest um if you didn't win if this one you know it actually worked out relatively well uh and this was just on a whim we'll do one later on maybe we'll do one uh at the end of the year or the for something with the beginning of the new year or something like that so keep listening and uh you know hopefully we'll be able to uh do some more stuff like this so I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, watch Van Helsing. Follow the uh, podcast on Twitter, T underscore T underscore podcast. Facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast. Also, if you want to, um, you know, check out, uh, I really love what Alex does um, with the Do You Love Horror? And he's the uh, Beyond the Void. He's part of the Beyond the Void podcast. Uh, but they do a lot of really cool things in that Do You Love Horror group as well. And I know it's a private group. Um, so uh, you can always reach out. And it, it's really cool. I really like the community that he's created there. Um, and, uh, I wish that, uh, everybody could check it out. Um, uh, but also the horror amino, um, I've been trying to do a couple more things. I'm almost at the level where I can do polls. I would love to do polls cause I'd love to find out what people think about things and then talk about them on the podcast. So, uh, very trying to be active there. And of course, um, Instagram, terrible terror podcast. You can always find me there. So, uh, there are probably more social media things and other things you want to do. Oh, check out, please, please, please. There's a new podcast that I'm absolutely a fan of, uh, and it's just short and sweet. It'll only take you 15 minutes of your time every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and that's the Angry Dad podcast. Um, it is, uh, it is truth spoken at you by a very angry and yelling man. Um, it's very entertaining, uh, for what it is. I know it's not horror, but uh, I thought I'd give him a shout out for, for what it, it's worth. Um, and with that, uh, I guess that's it for this episode. So we'll see you next time with Van Helsing. Toodles. <laughs>